All right. Praise the Lord, I tell you what. Now, if you're here for the first time, I want to apologize to you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want you to come back, all right? <laughs> oh, I tell you what. I, I'm, I'm a mess. I already know it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, ever. Oh, okay, this does not fail. Susie and I will go somewhere, and it's with classmates that we grew up with and everything else, and they'll go, are you still with him? I'm like, how come you guys never ask me that about her? You know, it's always, I can't believe you hung in there, you know. Again, I mean, I, I tell you, I, I, I'm crazy as a loon, you know what I'm saying. But I got crazier when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and God has, I, I tell you, this is what happened to me. I don't know what happened to you. But I was a Baptist boy. Oh, yeah. Then I started, okay, Susie and I have been together since seventh grade. Lord, I figure if I got her, I better, I better not try chance it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody already said, they go, uh, how did you end up with her? And I said, well, she's nearsighted. I just stay 30 feet away. <laughs> I mean, I waited until the day we were getting married. And when he said, kiss her, I moved close. It's too late then. He doesn't pronounce his husband and wife, you know. And so, but, uh, but whenever I got filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord just stuck his finger right underneath my right underneath my armpit, and he just tickled me the whole time. I find humor in everything, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and of course, I have, you know, I come up with all these jokes. Nobody else gets them, but I love them. All right, it keeps me entertained, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but anyway, I, you know, he, and I'll be honest with you. Everybody thinks because you laugh a lot and you have a good time that your life's just been great. Uh, no, it has not. You know, I have life just like you guys have. We've had we've had times when everything's going great and hitting on all eight cylinders, and then we've had times when we've been sitting on the side of the road waiting for AAA for about three hours. Yeah. Not there's any anger in that, but <laughs> I've had experience. Okay, and so so life can throw at you all kinds of things. You know, but it's Susie and I. Now this is what's so funny about God. All right. So when I was a teenager, my mom and dad, when I was 13, my mom and dad split up. And when they did, my mom left. And, you know, and, we had, and of course, the church turned their back on us. So me and my brothers made a pact. We would do everything we could to destroy the church. And we didn't like the church. We didn't like preachers. I mooned them and everything. <laughs> oh, I'm serious, man. My ex-preacher would go, bye, boy, I couldn't wait. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. And then God calls me into ministry. And the first guy that let me preach was the pastor I mooned. He said, it's so good to see a different side of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm, man. And then God calls me and my wife. And now, here I am pastoring. And, and I thought, you know, why are you calling me to pastor? I don't even like him. You know what I'm saying? Then he calls me to start a retreat for him. Oh, yeah. I'm like, God, why are you wanting me to start a retreat for pastors? I don't like them that well. You know what I'm saying? He said, well, you're going to learn to. <laughs> so now we have a retreat for pastors. They come, and, uh, and they get to rest and relax, and we let them come for free. You know, And we have beautiful cottages for them to stay in and everything else. I know what some of you are thinking already. If I'm not calling ministry, I'm going to say I am so I can go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it is really nice. I remember the first time Pastor Bob came over to see him. He pulls up and he goes, he said, I thought these were going to be like little cottages about ready to fall down and everything. He said, these are better than my homes. <laughs> and so, but they're really nice and we take care of them too. You know, we take care of you when you come in and all that. So if you know any pastors and they need a break, send them to the Brook at Beth Page. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And, but I pastored for 28 years, and then I got delivered. <laughs> I figure it's time to quit when you want to kill people. <laughs> oh, it got bad at the end, man. I'm telling you. And I was like, Lord, are you sure I'm called to this? He goes, no, but I had to have you do this. So you know how to, how to minister to the ones that are come, you know, like that. And so I'm really, my gift is more apostolic than anything. That's why I can't put up with people too long. <laughs> I 
I tried to sugarcoat this. Hey, years ago when I was in ministry, I tried to do all the Christianese thing. Try to make it real nice and pretty and everything else. No, no. I just finally decided just tell the truth. Tell the truth and just tell them the way it was, you know. I wasn't the best pastor in the world, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I learned a lot of stuff. I learned what not to do. <laughs> so when I do pastor's conferences, it's funny. I, they called me, they had me go over to Armenia, and they said, you're going to do a pastor's conference over there. And I was like, really? <laughs> I get over the first thing I told them. I said, I'm going to tell you everything not to do. I'm the perfect example of what not to do as a pastor, you know, like that. And so, <laughs> but anyway, I have a good time in ministry. I'm telling you what, I just don't understand people that walk with God and then walk away from Him. My goodness, I'm telling you what, He keeps you entertained all the time. And He keeps you always, you know, I, I love this, God has never asked me to do anything I could afford. Never. He'll tell me to do something, and I'm like, God, maybe you haven't checked my checkbook. But there's no way I can do that. And He said, I know, that's what's, what's going to be fun. Because you can't do it. If you could do it, then you wouldn't trust me. So everything we've done has been by faith. And I'm telling you what, it's so cool to just see God meet every need we have. You know, and just, I, I mean, we have a retreat, and uh, it takes a lot of money to run it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody asks, how do you do it if you do it for free? And I said, well, I figured it out. I could charge, or I could do it for free. And I have to worry about credit cards and all that. <laughs> I grew up in Pilot, Knob, Missouri. It's a lot easier to do it for free. <laughs> Not all that figuring and all that kind of stuff, you know. I don't have to say, okay, how many nights, how much was it a night? I just say free, and it just makes it simple, you know. But I grew up in a little town called Pilot, Knob, Missouri. 532 people. Lord, the welcome to Pilot, Knob, and thanks for visiting on the same pole. <laughs> it little, you know. But, I mean, you know, it don't matter where you grew up. It doesn't even matter your education. God looks for faithful people. He just looks for somebody who's just going to obey him and do the craziest things he asks you to do. You know? Now, I got to tell you, though, you know, now, I know, where's my timer at? You said there was a timer. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I should have warned you ahead of time. I'm terrible with first services. <laughs> You know, I was, in, I was pastoring in Spokane. We went to two services, you know, and all that. Oh, they was getting on me all the time. Pastor, you got to quit. You just got to stop. You got to shut up, you know, like that. I'd go, well, all right. I wouldn't pay no attention to them. You know what I'm saying? I'd just go on and do it, you know. <laughs> God just had his way. We had fun, you know. But here's the thing, and I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, it was, yeah, anyway, okay. <laughs> not, don't worry. I won't do that to you, you know. Okay, now, okay. So we grew up in this little town. God called me in ministry and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to share with you this morning. This is the word I got right when I walked in this place. And, and, and this doesn't happen everywhere. I can tell you right now, my wife's with me. You know, she'll bear witness to this. But all I picked up when I came in was a revival. And I'm talking about not just your normal revival, you know what I'm saying? But there's things that you're doing. And now I understand why when you got up and talked about, you know, doing the out. Because this is my whole message this morning is about not having church but being the church. Because, listen, everybody has church. And the devil doesn't care if you have church. Matter of fact, he encourages it because most of the time he, he's controlling the service in a lot of churches. I'm serious, folks. In most churches across the United States, the, the Holy Spirit's not in charge. The devil's in charge, and I'll show you what happens, you know, out of the Word of God. And it's so sad. You know, we get in some situations, so we go to a lot of churches, and there's sometimes, you know, it's like kind of like John Kennedy used to say. He said some people light up a church or light up a, a room when they come in, and some light it up when they leave. <laughs> there are some churches you go to, and when you go, you're like, okay, I'm glad that's over with because they don't want the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm telling you, it's so refreshing when your pastor says something like, I just want you to just, whatever the Holy Ghost tells you, just do it. Lord, have mercy, I wanted to check his temperature. Are you sure? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, there's so many churches today afraid of the Holy Ghost. 
They're like, why are you afraid of the Holy Ghost? I mean, I'm telling you what, I was a Baptist boy, got spirit-filled. Woo, I'm telling you what, I was set on fire. I ch it changed me completely. That's all I want to do is hang out with Jesus. That's all I want to do is be in the Word. And then I got kicked out of church for it. Right? I mean, you know, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I'm on fire for God right now. I want to read the Bible. I want to share Jesus. You know? And you're telling me, well, you can't come back here anymore. And I figured if it's a first church of the fro chosen frozen, I ain't going back. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be around that stuff. I want to be somewhere where I'm being built up. So I'm, so I'm going to share that with you this morning. And I'm still old school. You know, I got a Bible here. You know what I'm saying? And I've got notes that I wrote out that nobody else can read. They're in tongues. Okay? <laughs> Takes an interpreter. Okay? But here's what the Bible says in Acts 10.38. It says this. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. Now, isn't it funny it says Jesus of Nazareth? Because anytime you read that, that's always his humanity. It's not his deity. When God anointed Jesus, he anointed him in his humanity to go about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And it says, now listen, is how God anointed Jesus Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Power. Man, I'm telling you what. <laughs> I've been saved for a long time. <laughs> I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was wanting something to die so I could raise it from the dead. <laughs> I was watching. I couldn't wait. I, I just, I, and, and then when I started seeing God do miracles, I'd actually pray for something to happen and it would happen, I was like, <sighs> and I remember those words of the immortal coach, Bear Bryant came back to me. He had this guy, this, this kid grabbed a fumble and ran in and made a touchdown and, and man, the kid was just dancing around and everything else and Bear Bryant said, get over here. The boy come running up and said, what coach? He goes, next time you make a touchdown, act like you've been there before. Right. Everybody knows that's the first time you've ever had a touchdown. So all of a sudden, God just told me, he said, Steve, this is normal. And he said, you got two ways you can live. In the natural or in the supernatural. Whew. Now, I grew up knowing it was better to be Superman than just a man. Because Superman did things that another man could not do. Now, you can choose to be Clark Kent or you can choose to be Superman. Now, if you look better in a suit than tights, probably stick to Superman. Or it's Clint Clark Kent. There's a reason Superman got the woman. Amen? So here we are. We've got this choice to make. We can either live in the natural or the supernatural. And when I started finding out the supernatural was so much fun, I'm sticking over here. I'm staying right here. I'm see. I want to see God do things, you know, and all that. So here we find out Jesus. Now notice what it says. Oh, okay. I'll read one. It says, "Okay, here we go." How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a holy. I thought my time was up. Okay, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about. How many went about? How many you want to just went about? He just went about. And that means everywhere he went, something was getting ready to happen. The devil, listen, make the devil hate when your eyes open up in the morning. All of a sudden your eyes are open and he goes, ah, I was hoping he died in his sleep. But he's awake. And now all of a sudden he slings his leg over the side of the bed. And then the other leg. And then as you get older, you sit for just a minute. Because you've already exhorted, you, you know, you've already, you got to rest for a minute. Then you're getting up. <laughs> and when you get up, all of a sudden you're quoting scripture verses. Woo, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And if you got a message for the devil, just put it on the bottom of your slippers. Because that's where he's at. And just giving him a loser. 
right? You just walk around all day with a loser on the bottom. That way he's seeing it everywhere you go. It's like, oh, gosh. One guy come up to me one time. He goes, you think it's wrong if I put you suck? I said, well, I don't guess so because he does. But how many of you know, see, that's the thing. Jesus went about doing good. Now, get ready for this. If you went about doing good, they're going to hate you. They're going to be people hate you for doing good. They're going to be people hate you because what do you do? You lay hands on the sick and they recover. You say, why would somebody get upset about that? They, Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Just get ready for it. But see, as long as you're pleasing God, it doesn't matter what they think about you. Because they already don't like you. You know, I love this book. Erwin Lutzer wrote a book, and it's called Christ Among Other Gods. And I'm telling you what, it's so cool. Man, I get so much stuff out of that thing. But one of the things that he says in there is, okay, he says, well, the church made a mistake when they started trying to make the world love Jesus. Because to make the world love Jesus, you've got to make Jesus like the world. Got to make him hip and cool and all that kind of stuff. Now, I, I don't know about you. The Bible don't tell me that Jesus wore skinny jeans. Huh? Skinny robes. Skinny robes, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine walking in that and he's like, who picked out the robes? We can't even dance. See, now, this is the thing. And I love what he said. He goes, because when we tried to make the world love him, then we made him into something he's not. And it's like, you know, Jesus was very, I mean, when he came in, he didn't, everybody just didn't get happy and say, oh, Jesus is here. This is wonderful. No, just religious people hated him. All the sinners just thought he was good. He was great because he actually sat down with them and ate with them. Doesn't say he did what they did, but he at least, he sat down with them and he just talked to them. Shared with them truth they'd never heard before. Amen? Now, one of the pastors that I go to and minister, I called him one day. <laughs> I said, how are you doing? He goes, good. He goes, you're not going to believe where I'm at. I said, where are you at? And he goes, sitting at the bar at Applebee's. I said, well, that's a little different. Okay. He goes, yeah, he said the owner or the manager at Applebee's lets me sit here so I can witness to people. So he said, I just sit there and then he said, I just pray, God, bring the person next to me that needs to sit next to me. He said, I drink my soda and I wait on them. He said, they come and they sit down and get to talking to them. And he said, I pray for them and many of them get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost sitting right there. You know what the Lord told him? He said, those people that are coming in there are trying to forget their life. They don't have any hope. And he said, you're going to bring life to them. You see, he goes where they're at. Now, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to do that. Okay, I promised myself I wouldn't. So here we go, okay? So this is what Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all the world press of the devil. Now, but the last description is, for God was with him. I had a guy come to me one time. He goes, uh, a pastor. He said, you know, he said, I, I listen to you. He said, I don't believe in that healing stuff. I said, yes, you do. He goes, no, I don't. And I said, yes, you do. He goes, I do not. And I said, yes, you do. He goes, how do you figure? I said, when you get a headache, what do you do? He said, I take an aspirin. I said, you believe in healing. He looked at me. He goes, what? I said, you believe in healing, you just don't believe in the healer. I said, you want to be healed, so you take the aspirin. Because if you weren't into healing, you'd say, oh, man, I love it. My head's pounding. This is great. I love it when it starts back here and it just works its way all the way around. I'm just waiting on it. I'm like, come on. Right? But he's doing something to do something about it. I said, you've got somebody that did something about it. His name was Jesus. Amen. It's like, Jesus said this. Now, now see, I've read this, you know, to people. And, and I'm telling you what. Anytime you get a religious person, 
you'll see smoke coming out their ears. It starts overloading. They stand there and look at you. And you see the smoke start to build. And it's like all of a sudden all their computer chips and everything are burning up. Because you'll read this to them and you just say, okay, I want to read you something. <laughs> now, I know this is Jesus talking because it's in red. So I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but Jesus spoke in red. Now listen, it says in John chapter 14 and in verse 12. It says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Uh-oh. Now, now I'm going to throw something out there. I'm just going to throw this out. Now, okay, I should have warned you ahead of time. Should have warned you ahead of time. I had a pastor, he nicknamed me. When I'm at his church, he says, I'm going to call you the Donald Trump of the body of Christ. And he said, because you say things sometimes that rake me the wrong way. And he said, and sometimes you say things wrong. I wouldn't say it that way because you're going to make somebody mad. But I'm just following the instructions of my pastor, Pastor Bob Yandian. He said, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one you hit will yelp. That's right. right? Have you ever been at church and the rock hit you? <laughs> oh, I first started going to Pastor Bob's church. I was just like his. I thought he could hear me. I was like, ow, oh, ah, oh, ah. <laughs> Lord, I'd go out there so mad sometimes. I'm like, man, I'm going to go home and prove him wrong. Because, boy, he's hitting me because you got to remember, man, I, 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 okay, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in June and was going to Rhema that school year. So I'm a Baptist boy, just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm there just, <sighs> I'm hearing things, seeing things. I'm like, oh, my God, they said that wasn't for today. And it's happening. And then I'm going to Pastor Bob's church. Of course, I'm just, oh, he's hitting me everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. But notice what it says here. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So let me just, I'm just going to throw this out there. So maybe people believe they believe in Jesus. But there's no evidence of it. Because it says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. If you see somebody calling themselves a Christian, they're not doing the works of Jesus. Maybe they don't know the real Jesus. Because he went about doing good and healing all the oppress of the devil. For God was with him. So if they don't have anything happening in their lives, maybe they don't know the real Jesus. Because if you follow Jesus, you'll do those things. Amen? You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll cast out devils. Amen? Well, I don't know, man. I've seen movies about devils. I'm telling you what, probably the easiest thing you'll do as a believer is cast out a devil. Amen. My goodness. I thought it'd be harder than that. I remember the first couple of devils I cast out, I was like, is this it? I mean, I figured I'd get them in a headlock. <laughs> Fool Nelson! <laughs> I didn't have any holy water. <laughs> I mean, I said, in the name of Jesus, come out and bleep. I'm just like, well, God, the movies have lightning and thunder, head spinning, <laughs> pea juice going everywhere. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed. Okay? But he says, I, see, he says, the works that I do, he'll do also, and greater works. Uh oh. This is where religious people have a hard time. Oh, I've read this before, and they'll do this right here. Oh, you're not telling me that I could do more miracles and better miracles than Jesus did. So I didn't say that. But Jesus was here for three years. You've been a Christian for 60. My goodness. You should have passed him back there somewhere 25, 30 years ago.
right? I mean, my goodness. They're 60 years they've been walking with Jesus and they're still going, do you think Adam and Eve had a belly button? That's the best you can come up with? How else did he blow them up? Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. What did Jesus say? He goes, after my work's done, I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father and then I'm going to turn you loose. Now you think about that for a minute. Jesus was one man, went around for three years doing miracles. Then he goes to be with the Father and he's got millions of followers. No wonder he says you can do greater works than me. There's more of you than there was me. So we should bypass what Jesus is doing. That's just if we're just being the church. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell who's ever putting up the scripture verses. Where are they at? Okay. <laughs> I thought they were just coming out of thin air. Where are these people? All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curve here because we're going to go over to Mark chapter 1. Okay, Mark chapter 1. All right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you what. Hey, listen, the mind is a terrible thing to lose. Do not lose. Okay. <laughs> In John cha- or Mark chapter 1, I, wa- I want to show you because there's, there's a ton of scripture verses. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. I, I could just share with you for hours and hours and hours, but we only have a certain amount of time. But I want to show you something. Now, how many of you know between the, the Old Testament and New, because Jesus just changed people. He changed the world. Okay. So between the Old Testament and New Testament, there's that, that period there we call the 400 silent years, you know. Because, you know, in Malachi, you know, God just gets ticked off at the priest. And he find that what he literally tells him is, you say you're bored with me, well, I'm bored with you. Now, if you can bore God, you're pretty good. The source of all joy, all happiness, everything, and you've bored him to tears. Can you imagine how bored God is in most churches today? Yeah, he's probably sitting there going, oh my gosh, do we have to do this again? I'm serious. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be as nice as I can. But I'm telling you folks, when you read the statistics, now get this. The average Christian leads 0.06 people to the Lord in his lifetime. How do you lead half a person to the Lord? I mean, I can do that in my sleep. I can be asleep and win half a person. But that's the average on a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Point zero six. I tell you what, that's pathetic. My goodness, you know. I mean, by accident you can lead people to the Lord. You can just be living your life and they come up and go, Hey, can I ask you something? Like, why aren't you all upset like everybody else? Well, because I know who to trust in. Let me tell you. Let me share with you. I've, listen, I've led people to the Lord in every kind of store you can imagine. You know, I had a construction business, so I was always in Lowe's and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, Lowe's just got used to me. I was like, yeah, yeah there's a guy down this aisle. Just head on down that way. They knew I was going to be praying for people or doing something in there. Walmart, Sam's Club. Oh, man, Susie prayed for people in Sam's Club, you know. This, wherever it's at, it doesn't matter because here's the deal. You are the church. So wherever you go, that's church. <laughs> it don't matter where I'm at. I can go to Lowe's and guess what? The church is there. Hello. Amen. So here you have that 400 silent years. And you know, God's not speaking like he was. and He's not doing things like he was. But I want you to notice when you come into the New Testament... They're still having church. You don't need God to have church. You don't need His presence. You can do all the rituals. You can do all the things that we do and all the stuff and, you know, sing the hymns and do the, you know, do your communion. You can do all that. And God not be there and still have church. Right? So here Jesus comes on the scene, you know. He gets baptized by John. Here he's about 30 years old, it says, you know. 
He gets baptized by John. So now, Jesus has been on the earth 30 years going to the synagogue knowing God's not there. But it wasn't his time to say anything. He did his training. He did what he needed to do to be able to go into the synagogue and teach the scriptures. Okay? They were astounded at what he knew, you know, even at 12 years of age. How does he know these things, you know? But Jesus knew, listen, this is what you have to understand about your calling in God. It's all about timing. When we think we're ready, we're not. Look at Moses. When he thought he was ready, he wasn't. He had to go and, and escape and go to a deserted place. And then when he thought he wasn't ready, he was. See, if you think you're ready and, oh, I can do this, then you're going to depend on your own strength and your own power. But it's when God calls you and you say, I can't do this. And he says, I know. I know you can't. But this is what's so good about it. I'm going to do it through you. Amen. And so Jesus knew it was all about his time. So now Jesus comes, he gets baptized with John. And then the Bible says this. It says, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And then the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Now you see, a lot of preachers today say, God doesn't do that. He wouldn't lead you into some temptation like that. You know what I'm saying? But he led Jesus in the wilderness. That's what it says. Holy Spirit led him there. But when he came out, it says, when, and I love this, what Luke says. It says, but when he came out, he came out in the power of the Spirit. Now, it's interesting because if you notice this, in the Old Testament, whenever they talk about feast or anything like that, it's always called the Feast of the Lord or the Feast of God. Feast, you know. When you get over to the New Testament, it's called the Feast of the Jews. But the same thing about the sanctuary or the synagogue. What you're going to notice here when we're reading, it says their synagogue. Doesn't say anything about God's. How many churches today have their church? Yeah, we have our church. How many of you know it's not our church, it's his church? Amen. And when we let him be in charge, we let him do whatever he wants. That's why I love your pastor whenever he said, do whatever God tells you. That's what we want. Oh my gosh, you don't know how refreshing that is. You know what I'm saying? And I, you, I shouldn't even have to say that. We go to a lot of churches and I should say, in every church they just say, let God, whatever he wants to do. Man. But here, you would think that when Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit, that he would have went to the local tavern to cast out devils. But he doesn't do that. Look in Mark chapter 1, look in verse 21. It says, Then they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. Now, how many of you know that everyone there, when he entered the synagogue, thought it was the, still the same Jesus that had always been around before? But there's something that changes in you when you notice what Acts chapter 10 verse 38 said. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. So there's something different now. They don't know it, but Jesus steps forward to do something he's done already before many times. Only this time it's different. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, listen to this. A friend of mine who was also in the Baptist church called me. And when I answered the phone, I said, hello. And he goes, what's, what's different? I went, what? He goes, something's different. I said, no, no. I didn't want to tell him. See, I was like, no, no. And he goes, I'm telling you something's different. And I said, no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm cool. You know, like that. And he goes, you done went and got filled with the Holy Ghost, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. And he goes, I'll be right there. Click. All I said was, hello. How are you? Is it me you're thinking? <laughs> I told you, man. I just get. <laughs> That's what you get for growing up in the 70s. <laughs> so maybe you go, 70s? What was that? Okay. <laughs> Back when we still had cassette tapes. You got a cassette tape and a pencil. Yeah, okay. That's how you rewound. Okay, now listen to this. It says... 
Then they went to Capernaum. Immediately, he entered the synagogue, and, and he taught. But it wasn't like it always was before. He says, and they were astounded. <laughs> Can you imagine these people coming to church that morning? And all of a sudden, they come in. And you can hear them talking among themselves, you know. They're like, you know, well, what do you think's going on today? Well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to get up and blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to go home. Happens every time. But all of a sudden, Jesus steps up and he starts to teach. And all of a sudden, they're astounded. This word for astounded, listen to this. This is such a cool word in the Greek. It means this. It means to be completely slapped out of your senses with a great sense of joy. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, wait a minute. Folks, this is what happened to me. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. We decided to go to Ramah, but the first time I ever visited the church where Pastor Bob was a pastor. Susie and I came in. We'd never been to a church like that. You got to remember, you know, we were pretty quiet. We come into church and we sat near the back and we came to the early service so that way we could leave, you know what I'm saying, if it got too wild. So we're sitting there like this and all of a sudden, you know, Daniel Umsets comes walking out. He's, he's a praise and worship leader and Daniel started singing. I, a matter of fact, I told Daniel last time I talked to him, I said, the man who taught me how to dance. Because <laughs> I was Baptist, so he's going to hell for that. Okay, now let's say So... <laughs> so we're standing there and all of a sudden Daniel comes out and man they just start off with I mean it's just going you know like boom boom being like that and all of a sudden I'm seeing everybody and I'm like oh 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 what are they doing what are they doing and they're doing the old tussle two-step you know what I'm saying and I'm like you know what are they doing what are they doing they're dancing you know like that so I'm like but they're having fun and so all of a sudden I'm looking at Susie I'm going I'm going for it I'm going for it like that so, you know, and so Susie and I say, we grew up in the 70s, so we were disco people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So all I knew was this. So I'm doing that. I'm doing the shootout. I'm doing the bus stop. I'm doing them all, baby. You know, I get, I'm getting ready to pick her up and spin her around, you know. That's all I know. All I know is I'm having so much fun. I'm just like, oh, you know. So we're just dancing and everything. And I was like, whoo, man, that was cool, you know. So then we sit down, and then Pastor Bob comes out. And listen, folks, he starts to teach the word. And this is what I was like. I was like a kid. That just all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, you know, I mean, I was so excited. I couldn't wait till the next words that came out of his mouth. And where was he going and where was he getting all this? And so I know how these people felt. They were just so astonished at what they were hearing. And it says this, now listen to what it says. And it says, he was teaching and he taught them as one having authority. And I love that because it means God-given authority. In other words, you know what they were hearing? They were hearing God speak and not a man. And it was bringing joy and life and grace that they'd never heard before. Oh, my goodness. I know how these people felt. And I was just like, so Susie and I, the service was over and everything. And at that time, our little son, his name's Brandon, he was just a baby. He's like six months old. Well, we had had him back there in the nursery. So Susie and I, we go back there to the nursery, and we said, there was a lady working. She still works the nursery at Grace. Her name is Vivian. Now, I'm telling you what. The last time I was there and I spoke, she came up for prayer, and I looked, and I said, you need to be praying for me. I don't need to be praying for you. My Lord, you have been in the nursery for like ever. I couldn't take one day. Uh-uh. Them kids be duct taped to a chair. I'm saying, I, I promise you, man, I would have come up with a new ministry, you know. So Susie and I go back there, you know, and we said, would it be possible? Could, could we stay for the second service? 
And she said, sure, your baby's doing fine. She's going to go, thank you. And we went around the corner, literally. Folks, I'm not kidding you. We went around the corner and jumped like two little kids. We're like, <laughs> so this time we get out, got our stuff and we moved as close to the front as we could. That music started off and I said, I know what to do here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I had all that built up in me. I've been a Baptist for 20-something years. I needed to move. Man, I was dancing all over the place. When Pastor Bob came out, he sat there the same way. And I mean to tell you, we couldn't wait till those doors opened. It was like, I mean, every time they were open, we were there. We were eating everything up. What is so sad is I look back on people we were friends with at that time or maybe in ministry too, and they're no longer serving God. Or they're they're bitter because of things happening in their life or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, why? And they'll ask us, how have you guys stayed so on fire for God and just full of joy and everything else? I said, because we, we stay in the Word. We stay in the Word and we believe the Word and we trust the Word. And I'm going to give you a secret here. Church doesn't stop when you go home from church. Listen what it says here. He says, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. <laughs> now, isn't it interesting? This man with the unclean spirit had been there the whole time. But now, when Jesus comes, then he cries out. And notice what he says. I think this is very interesting. Says, saying, let us alone. <laughs> Folks, when's the church going to realize demons are afraid of us? When we walk in the room, they're afraid. That's why they act up. Because notice what he says. He says, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? They knew something. When Jesus does show up, he's got one purpose, to destroy you. They already know it. See, if you just know this as a believer, the devil already knows his days are numbered when you walk in with authority. And listen what it says. Listen what it says. It says, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, literally, this is what they say. Why are you here? This belongs to us. (laughs) Why are you here? This belongs to us. I've been here and enjoyed the services. And now you're going to mess them up. And we're going to have to leave. Hmm. And listen to this. Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. Why would he rebuke him and tell him to be quiet? Because evil spirits aren't supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to preach the gospel. Jesus doesn't want to have an unbeliever hear about him from a devil. He wants the unbeliever to hear about him from you. Because why would he look at his disciples and say, Who do men say that I am? They had all kinds of ideas. He said, But who do you say that I am? See, because what matters is what the church says about him. Not what anybody else says about him. The world has their ideas about who Jesus is, can say all kinds of things. The church is the only one that knows him. Amen? Now listen to this. It says, And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. See, right now, the latest statistics are this. I know we don't like hearing statistics, but that's just the facts. 
70% of all born-again Christians, say they're born again, say they believe in God, say they go to church, 70% don't know what the Great Commission is. They don't know. In a survey, they ask them, what is the Great Commission? They did not know. So if you don't know what the Great Commission is, guess what? You're not going to be doing it. Because if you don't know the most important thing Jesus told his church right before he left, he said, when he said, go ye therefore and make disciples, if you don't know that, then you won't do it. And they say right now, the least amount of people are being born again in the United States than at any other time. I looked this up. I just, and you can do it when you get home. In the United States, they say there's 380,000 Christian churches, ones who say Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. The average church is 65 people. So that's about 25 million people on a given Sunday, they say, are going to church in the United States. And we have 340 million people living in the United States. And then we can't figure out why we're not being more effective. What has happened? What, why are there so many people not going to church and so many people not believing in Jesus? Because when the church goes silent, the message doesn't get out. Because the world's not going to tell them who's their Savior. The church has to be the one to speak up. And so what we notice is this, is that when Jesus preaches in the synagogue, Immediately he goes to Peter's house, heals his mother-in-law. So he goes from the synagogue where they're having church to the house, and the same thing's going on at the house that's going on at church. Then it says, then the neighbors start bringing people over, and he starts healing them. Then it says the whole town shows up at their door, and he heals everyone. You see, folks, the reason why we're not winning our communities and our cities, and our counties, and our states is because the church stops being the church when it goes outside. And when we stop, then the message doesn't get out. But if we continue to be the church, the next thing you know, your neighbors are being one to the Lord. Then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, your whole community where you live, if you live in a subdivision, I have one guy, a friend of mine, who is in ministry. He's a praise and worship leader. But he has a Bible study in his community in one of the guy's garages. And they call it Beer and Bibles. <laughs> his neighbor walked over and said, you're one of them preachers, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, why? And he goes, uh, you know, you notice we all gather down there at my garage. He said, we like our beer. Would you come and teach the Bible? And he said, sure. And they're starting to get people saved, starting to get filled with Holy Spirit, starting to get people. And he says, I'm noticing something. They drink less and less beer all the time. He said, I haven't told them one time to put down their beer. But he said, it's changing because their hearts are changing. They're starting to learn that there's hope. You see, folks, this is the thing. We have to be the ones... Now, let me just share this with you. My, how many of you in here, uh, I know in Missouri it's a big time deal. How many of you in here are fishermen? Like you fish, okay? How many of you have your own boat? Anybody have their own boat? All right. In Missouri, almost everybody has a bass boat or fishing boat in their driveway. It's just the way it is. But my brother has probably one of the nicest bass boats you'll ever see in your life. I mean, this thing, he, I mean, it's a gem. My brother can take that bass boat, park it out in the middle of the lake. And I mean, every boater that goes by will look at that bass boat and go, oh my gosh, that's the prettiest bass boat I've ever seen in my life. The fish in the water are looking at it going, what a nice stump. And you know, he can sit out in the middle of that lake all day long and not get any fish to jump in his boat. 
and you can have a guy sitting next to him that's got a little bitty John boat, and he's fishing, and he'll catch fish all day long. See, fish aren't impressed with your boat. <laughs> Only other fishermen are. So whether you have a nice bass boat or a John boat, you still have to fish. And that means you've got to figure out what to catch them on. And you've got to figure out how to talk to people that's going to spark their interest and head it in that direction. Because every conversation I have with anyone, I have one intent. <laughs> I'm going to bring it around to the Lord. Because what he does, all that kind of stuff, that's all cool and fine. But if he don't know Jesus, he's going to spend eternity separated from God. And I don't want to see that happen to anyone. Amen. As I was ministering, the Lord spoke something to me. And if it's you, uh, I'm going to say it this way. If you want to come forward for prayer, that's fine. But I understand if you don't, because sometimes people, when you say something like this, it can kind of be a little embarrassing, okay, like that. But if you would just, if everybody just close your eyes for just a minute, because this is, this happens every once in a while. If you're here today, and this has been the thing, now this could be, this could be several people. I was in Dodge City, Kansas, preaching a message, and the Lord told me to pray for people with ringing ears. We had 30 people come forward. I thought it just meant one or two people, you know. So this might be one of those times. It could be more than one person. But the number one thing keeping you and tripping you up all the time in your walk with God is your anger. It's the number one thing. And you even know it. And I mean you have wrestled with it and wrestled with it and wrestled with it. And it just seems like every time... Your anger, and, and a matter of fact, your anger has actually caused your witness to even be damaged with some people. But if that's you, God just really spoke to that me that so strong. He wants to deliver you from that spirit of anger. And really, it's coming back from some things that happened that you have not released. You just haven't given them over yet. You haven't let them go. But if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do this if you would. If you want to come up for prayer right now, I'd be glad to pray with you. But if you just want to lift your hand up real quick so I can see you, I'll pray with you and agree with you. And I understand how that is, you know, and stuff. Hey, I had to deal with anger, you know, a lot of anger in my life. But if that's you, just stick your hand up real quick and I'll, oh man, okay, yeah. I can see why the God said that. Okay, all right, you can put your hands down. Wow, okay. <clears throat> You, and this is why I believe the Lord said that. You want to laugh and enjoy yourself and all that kind of stuff. But even the anger is keeping you from doing that because you don't feel, and I know this is a weird feeling, you don't feel worthy to laugh and enjoy yourself because of the anger. You think, well, I don't, I don't even deserve to be happy. I don't even deserve to have joy in my life. That is a lie from the pit of hell, Amen. let me tell you. But I'm going to agree with you today. Now, if you even want me to pray for you afterwards and all that, well, I'd be glad to. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how that is. I know. I had anger. You can ask my wife. I had the anger there, and I had to deal with that and let God work with me through that. Okay? So if that's you, I'm going to agree with you right now. We're going to pray over that spirit and command it to go. So if that's you, you just agree with me in prayer. And then all of you who maybe don't have to, to, to deal with that, but you're saying, I'm going to stand in agreement with them like for you to stay in agreement with them, okay? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority right now over that spirit of anger and we break its power. For Father, we just break its power over each and every person in here, Father. You saw their hands go up and even maybe some that didn't raise their hand, but they, they, they're saying now, I wish I would have. Father, you hear their heart. And Father, I just pray right now that you would release in them that spirit of forgiveness, and, Father, put in them that spirit of joy, that spirit of peace, 
that they can let the things that used to bother them just roll off of the, and just go, you know, like water off a duck's back. That's it. And Father, that anger that used to control them, we break its power right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray right now that you would move in their lives. And that Father God, and just bring a new sense of, and, that, and many of you are, are, are sensing it right now. It's just like your heart is just being renewed. And it is. It's just like a weight being lifted off of you. And Father, I thank you for that. Praise you for that, Father. And Father, right now, I pray that if there's those that they need to go to and apologize, that Father God, they would, they would put their pride aside and all that kind of stuff and just go do it. That Father, I thank you for the new newness that's going to come into their life that's going to change them forever. And I thank you for it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody here, too, you've got, um, you, it's, it's your feet. And your, your feet, are, you, you're in a lot of pain right now with your feet. And if that's you, uh, if you'll come up here, we're going we're gonna to pray for you and get rid of that. Okay, Cause it, but it's your feet that's bothering you, you know. And I don't know, it could be, it can be a number of different things, but I, I know that's very painful. Okay, right, okay. Anyone else, if, if that's you, just come up here and line up and then we'll. Just, okay. Sue, can you come up here with me, honey? Okay. Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, speak healing. Yes. Is it your big toe? Is that what it is? Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, that toe, Father God. Heal right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Now, just move it around a little bit and see what's going on. Okay. It's nerve damage. Huh? It's nerve damage. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let's just speak to the nerve. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Father, the nerve damage is there, Father God. We command yes. to be healed in Jesus' name. Yes. Healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's it. Move that toe around a little bit, and I'll be right back. Hey, brother, what's going on with your feet? Is yep, both okay. those feet, uh, okay. it's swollen and just painful. Okay, okay, okay. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing. Yes. Heal right now in Jesus' name. Feet. Pain, you have to go. Discomfort. The swelling. You go right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or the the feet's what's causing you to have to have the cane, or is that for something? Okay. 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 And just move your feet around a little bit and just see if you notice any difference at all. Okay. If I have to pray for you two or three times, that's pretty good because Jesus prayed for people a couple of times. So if I can do it in three or four, I'm doing great. <laughs> hey, where's that girl that was up here leading praise and worship? While ago, the, the young lady right here, she's kind of like in a, look like um, overalls or something. Where's she at? Come here, honey. I got a word for you. Okay. All right. So is your name Jade? <laughs> Pretty good, aren't I? <laughs> if it's not, you got somebody else's necklace. Okay. <laughs> is your feet bothering you? Okay, I should have asked you. <laughs> I'm just awful, ain't I? Okay, Father, just thank you for your healing power. Father, these feet are healed in Jesus' name. Healed right now in Jesus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Pain, you got to go right now. Yeah, that's it. You shot that right back at me, okay? Your feet healed right now in Jesus' name. That's it, right there. Yeah, just let it go. Ooh, there you go. You're good. Where's that girl at? Come here, honey. All right, got a word for you. All right. The Lord said it's not easy, or it hasn't always been easy to, to laugh and to have that joy. Sometimes there's been some things that have happened and, and taken place and things. But he said the joy of the Lord has been your strength. And nothing pleases you more than bringing joy to other people. I mean, that's just, you, you just, when you walk in the room, you know, there's just a, a joy that just encircles you. And even if people are feeling down or whatever, 
before long they have a smile on their face, okay? The Lord said that's a gift as much as anything else in your life. And he said, don't ever let anybody try to change you or try to say, well, you know, you need to, you need to tone it down. If nothing else, you need to make it more, okay? But the Lord said, people will always try to change you and make you into what they want you to be. But the Lord said, you stay who God created you to be. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would just do a special work in her. Who have you, who, you've been praying for somebody really a lot here lately. Is it somebody that's related to you or something? Yeah. It is? Okay. All right. The Lord said, your prayers have been heard. But at some times it might not seem like it is, but the Lord said, he heard your prayer. And know this, the answer is closer than you think. Thank you, Father. And the Lord said, keep on Thank believing. Keep you, on Father. trusting and keep on knowing Thank this. You, he's heard your prayer. You, okay? Okay? Hallelujah. Hi. How are you? Your feet too? Okay. Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Heal. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes. Somebody here, there's somebody close to me or whatever. Is there somebody here? You suffer with sugar diabetes. I mean, it's 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 uh, um, and it's been causing you some problems. Is that you, brother? Here, okay, all right. Keep praying for her, huh? okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray for my brother that you would heal him totally and completely of the sugar diabetes. Father God, in yes, the name Lord. of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. And Lord, I thank you and praise you right now. Yes, yes. Circulation right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Energy right now in the name of Jesus. Back for him. Lord, we thank you and praise you right now. In Jesus' name, heal. Amen. That's Amen. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Hey, brother. Feet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Healing. Feet. Pain, you have to go right now in Jesus' name. Discomfort, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for a total and complete healing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, brother, did you just hurt all the time, or was it just something that just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, see how it's feeling right now? A little bit. Move it around a little bit, and I'll be right back. Okay. Feet too? Okay. What's yours? Is it from an injury or just? No, it's a nope. um, plantar's fasciitis. Oh, okay. Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, heal these feet in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come against the, the attack of the enemy and we break his power right now in Jesus' name. Healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, brother. How you doing? Yeah, okay. Okay. We're going to pray for you one more time, and then we're going to believe that as you go, they just keep getting better all day long. All right? Okay. Um, something else the Lord told me to tell you. The, um, um, you've got a, a call on you big time. Uh, in the area of evangelism, you know, you've got that. Just and not, I'm not necessarily saying going out, and, but I'm just saying your life, just the people around you, and influencing those around you, big time, you know, like that. And and you, matter of fact, you, when I said that a while ago, that bear witness with you that you look for opportunities to share Jesus with people, and you try to get it around to it, you know. Okay, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak complete and total healing to my brother. And, Father, I just thank you for giving him and opening up doors of opportunity for him to tell people about Jesus. And, Father, I thank you and praise you right now. And, 
hold your hands open there too because God said along with that witnessing and just sharing with people he's going to give you the, you're going to see the gift of healing operating in you more and more and more yeah right there there it is yeah yeah thank you Lord thank you Jesus healing right now in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah amen bless you man bless you bless you hallelujah hi and your feet too? Well, I have one toe that doesn't work at all. Okay. So the others are kind of, um, like they don't work terribly well. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we speak to these feet. And we just command them to line up with your word, Father God, that you created her body perfect. And that body's going to go back to perfect, Father God, with her feet operating the way you created them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All the toes working, Father God, everything working to perfection in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hi. When you called out the triple diabetes, I was just told that on Tuesday. Okay. So I don't want to believe it. You know what I mean? I know. That's no good. All right. Let's lift up your hands. Okay? Lift them up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against the... Yeah, that sugar diabetes has to go now in Jesus' name. Go right now in Jesus' name. We believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the same. This is God so good. I left my oil in the van, and that's the same identical one I've got. It's so cool. I looked under it. I was like, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe I'm supposed to pray for you and your wife that it's supposed to be next service. Yeah, yeah, because I, I just believe we're supposed to pray with you. And I'll tell you what, folks, man, I'm telling you. I, I wish I could go into it more detail, but I am telling you, man, God is, God is wanting to do something here. I'm talking big time, you know what I'm saying? Goodness gracious, you know. I mean, I'm... I, Anyway, golly, God bless you, Pastor. Love you, man. Love you. Love you.